0: It's the amazing Rico Bronya podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. Welcome to another episode of Rico Bronya, And no, this is not Evan Roberts. Uh, this is the voice of the Hoff, Pete Hoffman, filling in for Evan Roberts as he's unavailable to hop on right now, but he will be, and we will be doing an emergency preview podcast tomorrow. So for anybody that is missing Evan tomorrow, get ready. Tomorrow night, we'll do an emergency podcast that you will hear all about this game and more with Evan. And we'll be doing a preview of the biggest series of the regular season for the New York Mets in 2022 as the Mets head down to Atlanta to face the Braves for a three-game series as the Mets, yes, are up one game. Now, we've talked about this over and over and over. Evan has talked about this over, over, and over. This series... Going to Atlanta, if you could have a one-game lead, that's all you could ask for, and that's all they have. That's what they got. Now, listen, it wasn't pretty. It hasn't been pretty. We can, we're we going to get into a bunch of stuff right now. It has not been a pretty homestand um, for the New York Mets. It hasn't been pretty facing some of these bad teams going into tonight. They were 1-6 and six versus the Cubs, the Marlins, and... And uh what was the other team? Oh, that was it, the Nationals? They were one and six versus these teams at home versus some of the worst teams in the league. With last night's loss included. And this game was not easy. This this was a, this was the nail biter. But Eduardo freaking Escobar. This guy who all season long we've ragged on him and dogged him and Wanted to sit him and couldn't understand why he was in the lineup. And this guy can't be here. He stepped up in a huge way today. This guy, Eduardo Escobar, not only is he he having a fantastic September, he's having probably one of the best Septembers of all time in a Mets uniform. I mean, we can go back to the Cespedes years. Uh, in 2015, maybe that's a, maybe he's up there for that, maybe not, but he's close. After tonight's game, with one home run and five RBIs, he's added on to the total in September. He now has eight home runs and 24 RBIs in September. Today, he single-handedly won this game for the New York Mets. So we can look back for the, the struggles, and don't get me wrong, he struggled. It was not good. The right side of the plate was the one thing that gave me hope that gave me life, that Eduardo Escobar still had something left in the tank, that this was just a struggle that he'd have to buy, battle out of. The personality, the, the, the something about the chemistry and the unity of this Mets team, he seemed to be a quintessential part to this team, even though he was struggling with the bat. They seem to to celebrate him and make him feel part of this team, or he was part of this team, and he has been. And now he stepped up at the right time. And this is what this all this is all you can ask for. It hasn't been pretty overall. This is still a struggle. This is two two games that you felt the Mets should have handled with ease. And the fact that they had to split it, it's rough. But in the, the end result was a Eduardo Escobar walk-off single. And the Mets are now a game a half, game ahead of the Atlanta Braves. Now, pitching wise, starting pitching wise in the series, Carlos Carrasco gives you a dud. And now you have to think about the playoffs and really realistically. What can we expect of Carlos Carrasco in the playoffs? Is he someone that you could even start in a game? If it's if it's a wild card, you're definitely not you're not definitely not putting him as a, in a starting position for sure. Does he get a bullpen spot? Is he on the roster? If they win the division, does he get that nod? Does he get a nod? Taiwan Walker has been better better as of late, but still he has his struggles too. You know this Marlins team; it's amazing. The Marlins make you, in September, they always make you think of the worst. We think back of 2007, 2008. You think back of all those horror stories, all those collapses. And I'm sick and tired of people saying that this is a collapse or this was a collapse or there's a potential collapse with the New York Mets. It's got to end. The Mets, New York Mets are not collapsing. They're in the playoffs. They're going to be in the playoffs. It's guaranteed. They're fighting for the division. They have a one-game lead in the division. And they have six games to go. Whatever happens from here, regardless, and I still think the Mets are winning this division. I still think they're going to finish with 103 wins. But whatever happens, in the end, there is no collapse. This team has, is going to win over 100 games. They have 98, as we speak. There's six games left. They're going to win at least three more games. This is... the. The word collapse needs to be gone from our vocabulary. It's a tough, grinded-out season with a great defending champion in the Atlanta Braves. I'm not saying that what happened this month versus the Cubs and the Nationals and even the Marlins was acceptable. But you look at the schedule with the Braves, too. They didn't have they had an easy schedule this month. And they only have a couple more wins than the Mets this month. So it goes hand in hand. It, we always knew this was gonna be a nail biter. We knew it. Nothing is ever you know, as a Mets fan, for crying out loud, we all know. If you listen to this podcast, you're a Mets fan. We all know as Mets fans, nothing is easy. Nothing comes handed to us. We don't just run away with divisions. It, it doesn't, doesn't happen. Hey, when it does happen, sometimes we go to the World Series of wins, like in 86, but in 2006, we ran away with it, and we didn't win. Didn't mean anything. So maybe we got to go through this. Maybe we got to go through the struggle. Maybe we have to go through nail biters. But in the end, all that matters is we asked for at least one game lead, and we got it. Who cares how we got here? That's the thing you have to remember. Who who cares how we got to exactly where we wanted to be? And we got ourselves in a position that, again, at the end of the day, if all the Mets need to do is win one game versus the Braves in this series, we'd like to take more, I'd like to sweep and wrap it up, All they have to do is win one game to put themselves in a good position to face the Nationals, three games, win out. Even if the Mets and Braves tie, the Mets have the edge with the tiebreaker and they win the division. It's going to go to 162, folks. That sucks, but that's just the truth. That's just how it goes. Now, a few things. Pete Alonso had a rough game today. 0-4. I believe it was four strikeouts, if I'm correct. But he looked, looked tough, looked pressing. Lindor had some moments there, there that he came up in a big spot a couple times and, and uh, popped out to end in that, that ninth inning. McNeil and Lindor both swinging at first pitches. And I believe was that the eighth they swung at first pitches. That was the yeah, in the eighth inning. Even though Escobar got that 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 single and scored two, but both McNeil and Lindor not helping out. I know some people are saying that it was okay to be aggressive in that spot. They needed to be because hell, they might not see might not see a better pitch, but. They both measly pop-ups. I think you could have done better. And, and I look at this team as, as you know, the day before, Tuesday, you look at Vogelbach, you look at, I believe it was Connor who struck out as well, and and Escobar struck out at the end of the game. The lifeless at-bats. Vogelbach, on five pitches, didn't swing at one of them. And the last pitch was down the, down, down the plate, and he didn't swing. I'm like, what the hell are you staring at? Sometimes you can't be too patient. Sometimes the best pitch might be the first pitch you see. But if the guy's struggling, if Nimmo walks and then Alonzo walks, the first two pitchers, the first two batters walk, why are you swinging at the first pitch if your Lindor? I don't get that. And then Canna walks. They got to bring in Blyer. And now you know the pressure Blyer just went through. You just saw the day before. Literally balked in a run on three balks. The guy who was umping at first base, who called him for the balks is now the umpire behind home plate. Like, don't give him one pitch to look at and swing at. Make the guy work for it a little bit. Thank God for Escobar coming through with two runs right there. Two two-run single. Otherwise they'd be screwed. It's I don't want to say that they're all pressing right now, and thank God that Escobar is just on fire because who knows what would be going on with this Mets squad. We know that the Met, we know that they went out of chance today if it wasn't for Escobar. But who knows how this month would have played out if Escobar wasn't Doing what he's doing. It's it's a it's a tough time, it's a pressing time. You could look at other teams that are fighting for playoff positions. It's not easy. You know, and the playoffs are gonna come around, and it's not easy. And I continue to always say this: I don't care who you're facing. It's September. There are opponents that are looking for to save their jobs. Looking for promotions, looking for contracts, looking for whatever. Looking Maybe they're playing for another team. But the Marlins are a bunch of young kids, but a lot of them young. And they're fighting. And Don Manley, you know what? Skips out after the season. Maybe some of these guys really like Don manley Who knows? Maybe they want to play really hard for him and get the best out of him. Maybe give end them on a high note they're gonna go out hard and they i, I don't <laughs> it's so stupid but i feel like most teams in the division hate the mets more than anybody else it's like the nationals roll over for the i mean up, up until today's game it feels like the nationals roll over against the braves but they make it difficult for the mets I, and now that's not the case i know that's not the case but it's freaking certainly feels that way Now, Tywin Walker had a good game. Not the best game, good game. Five innings, I know he gave up a home run. Eight strikeouts. Solid performance. Do you trust him to start a playoff game? That's the question. Five innings, three earned runs, eight Ks. Is that good enough? I mean, right now, it's it's really Max Bassett and Degrom. Those are the only three that I can feel comfortable saying they're going to get playoff starts. If I had to, I'd start on start short rest on a game four max and then go from there. I forget how the playoffs line up and whatnot, but that that's where my head's at. Like, I don't want to mess around. I know that sometimes you have to. You feel more comfortable. Give Walker a start. Change it up a little bit. But... I know that those three guys will give them the best. And Walker's a, Walker's a rock star too. Listen, I can't take anything away from them this season. You know, you look at Walker last year. That second half was brutal. He's had a moment or two here where you felt like he would be on that downward spiral. That he'd have that step back and that it would just continue to go backwards and backwards. And then he'd bring, back, bring him back to that old 2021 self of like, Ah, uh, this guy's not as good as we think. No, but he's really settled down. He's been really good this whole season. You know, he's had a couple starts in September where he gave up four runs. He had the August start where he gave up eight runs versus Atlanta. But he bounced back. And he gave up two runs to Cincinnati. He gave up, they had a two-inning in, two outing in at Atlanta. I think he got pulled early. I can't remember what the reason for it, but two runs against the Yankees, three runs against the Dodgers, and five and a, two, a third, four against Pittsburgh, which was annoying, one against Miami in seven innings, two against Pittsburgh again, two earned runs, he had three, gave up three runs, and then the fourth spot in Milwaukee the and then three again. Listen, three runs per game, you would think that – with this offense, with the Mets' offense, with the weapons they have, with Pete Alonso having 131 RBIs, with Lenore having 100, and 100 plus RBIs, you would think that the Mets would be able to manufacture four runs in a game and find a way to win. But it's been struggles with this offense. And you could say it over and over and over that the Mets misplayed the trade deadline, but they do have pieces on this team. Now, one thing, and we'll dive into it more with, Ed, uh, with Evan tomorrow, one thing that is big is that that Marte is not going to be back for this Atlanta Braves series. And who knows when he's going to come back. And that's, yeah, that, that is huge. It would benefit the Mets more to get Stoll Marte back as soon as possible for the playoffs. And really, that's why the division matters that much more too. Because if they can skip that wild card series, and just go to the next series, hopefully that allows Starling Marte to come back full strength. They don't have to rush him back for a wild card and make him play injured. You can get let him, let him sit at the Brave series, let him sit at the National series, but still get the division win and be able to to be back healthy for that NLDS. But we're, I'm not really sure where he's at. And that 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 is that is a rough spot because he adds so much to this offense. He stretches out the offense that much more. You know, you had Pete Alonso on the two hole today, and it worked out a little bit. Not enough, but it worked out a little bit. And it's it's different because Pete's been in the three or four hole basically the entire season. Basically the four hole. Basically, but Nimmo, Marte, Lador, Alonzo. So to not be having Marte throughout this, this stretch here, it's it's not saying it's nerve-wracking, but it's a piece of that's been a sustained piece. It's been consistent. That's why Pete Alonso's not getting days off. That's why Francisco Lador's not getting days off. They can't anyway right now with six games left. And there's no chance of getting days off. But you need them around. You need that 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 stability. So Marte not being around is gonna is it's gonna be a headache for this series because now again you're relying on other guys to step up. You're gonna see guys like Taylor Nyquen. I always say Nyquin like it's Nyquil. Taylor Nyquil, um in the lineup for at least one or two games. You don't want to see rough. You're going to see Vientos hopefully take his place. And you're going to see Escobar now um, hopefully man the third base. Well, not even man the third. He doesn't have to man the third base. Really what it comes down to, I mean, you talk about the outfield positions. It's going to be Nimmo, Kana, and yeah. McNeil may have to play a little right field, left field. I don't like to see that. We saw that in, in Oakland, and I'm not saying that McNeil uh, misplayed that. Looked like he got his feet caught. It is what it is. But I'm just not as comfortable with him in the outfield. You need that, that Mark Golov. You really do. It's just not as good. Anyway, take, take this for what it is. Take this win for as good as it feels. Like this was a good Tasting victory, and the Mets needed it, and he got some support from the bullpen too. Listen, Drew Smith looked locked in. Edwin Diaz has been locked in the past two days. Every time he gets into the, every time he gets the ball, it doesn't make a difference anymore. It's 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 shut down. It it is that. It doesn't make a difference if the Mets are winning, if they're tied, if they're losing. Edwin Diaz goes in, and if it, you just feel comfortable. You don't get nervous at all, and that is an amazing place. You know, I say in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, crap. Mets are about to blow this one. Here comes Edward is Now's the time he's going to blow it. And no, he just shuts them down, and he shuts me up. And that's what I want to just put out there. Mets fans, remember, this team, this organization is different. This is not your dad's Mets. This is not my Mets. This is not the Mets that I used to know. Okay? This is not the Wilpon era Mets anymore. This is the Steve Cohen Mets. It's a new team. It's a new organization. There's new blood. Okay? So, yes, we've gone through the collapses of 2007 and 2008. We've gone through the horrible, horrific seasons where early exits – Non-entrances, basically. Awful seasons. What bad thing's going to happen next? And this team just continues to prove how resilient they are. So for anybody in these next six games, they're going to sit there and be nervous and biting their fingers because I know I will too. I was sitting on my couch bugging out. You know, when it's 4-2 and Lindor's out, And McNeil's out, and here comes Escobar. I'm going, oh, I mean, how many times can we rely on How many times can Escobar come through? I don't know if it's going to happen. I I, I don't know if it's going to happen. I I don't think it's going to happen. And he gets that base hit. And he pumps the life back into you. That is the New York Mets of 2022. They are resilient. They don't fight. It doesn't always feel that way. It doesn't always feel that way. But in the long run, they always find a way to fight back. And that is the big picture of it. Now, tonight felt, and I don't know the the final numbers for attendance, felt bigger. Maybe it's because they won. Uh, Tuesday, it felt empty. And now I saw a picture from t- today's game before first pitch, and it looked empty again. It looked terrible. And I don't understand the reason for um, a weak crowd. I understand people have different things. Listen, I myself was at the game. Evan was at the game. So other things happen that you cannot control that doesn't allow us to get there. But it's 40,000 people were talking about to sell it. 44,000 people or 42, whatever the number is, to sell out City Field. And yesterday, it looked like there was under 20,000. And today, before the start of the game, I mean, it looked like there was 10,000 people. Now, I don't know what the final result was, and I, I didn't look at the numbers. And that's my bad. But the one thing I heard from Brandon Nimmo, that game versus the Dodgers, where uh, Timmy Trump came out. How electric the crowd was, and that's how he wanted that that's how he remembered to feel this the stadium when he first came up twenty sixteen and he was looking forward to this like this is where we need to go out of our way to support a team and now listen, I can't say that everyone's gonna be able to do that we all people have work, people have jobs, uh people have mortgages, whatever the case is, but if you can, this is the most exciting time of the season right here. In previous years, September's come around, and the Mets have been out of it, completely out of it. I'd find ways to go with my buddies anyway, just to go, oh, you know, whatever, it's a Saturday, it's a Sunday, whatever. R.A. Dickey's 20th one of the season, F it, why not? Let's just go to a game. They had three more games left at home. If you could make those games, if you could make one, two, all three of those games, do it. Support this team. They need to the support. Uh, listen, they're big boys. They could do it on their own. But it would be nice to have a crowd there. And listen, this ga- this season is going to come down to 162. It sucks to say it because you know what? I've watched the team celebrate. I've watched the teams win divisions already. The Mets deserve to win the division and go out and celebrate tomorrow. They can't because they got the Braves on their ass. But if they can win the next two or three games with the Braves – Head back home. Let's give them something to be excited about. And they'll give us something to cheer about. So let's do our best. Let's get there. Listen, tomorrow, Evan's going to come back. We're going to break down more of this game because I know he's going to want to talk about it anyway. There's no chance that, that Evan's going to hop on a mic and not want to talk about the incredible comeback of of uh, the New York Mets versus the Marlins. In what could have been the quintessential Miami Marlins-Mets series where the Marlins just find a way to just pour gasoline on the fire. Instead, the Mets did what they've been doing all season and fighting back. And we're going to pr- talk about that. We'll preview the Brave series, which is b- what we've been saying, the biggest series of the season. It is the biggest series of the season, and you couldn't ask for anything more. So... Enjoy this moment. Enjoy the next 24, 48 hours, whenever the, the Mets game is going to be. I, it sounds like to me they're going to start the game early on Friday and hopefully and hopefully get it all in and then do a doubleheader on Sunday. That's what, I mean, unless weather's reports have changed and hopefully everyone's all right, wherever, you know, it's getting hitting hard with weather, but uh, the rain and the, the uh, hurricane. But hopefully we can get everything in. Would have made more sense to do a Thursday game, but it sounded like the Braves had no interest in that. And that's fine. We'll get their best. And we'll give our best. Bassett, Max, DeGrom, we'll set it up, and we're ready to go. Biggest series of the season, division on the line. Let's do this. Thank you for listening. You can always follow me at the Hoff WFAN. Everyone will be back tomorrow with Craig. Uh uh for two o'clock to six thirty on the fan. I'll be on with Tiki and Tierney, 10 a.m. to two p.m. And again tomorrow night we'll be dropping on an emergency podcast. Again, Evan's gonna want to talk about this, and then he'll want to talk about it and preview the Braves series. Uh, as again, the Braves lost. If you missed it, the Braves lost to the Nationals. The Nationals walked off the race, and it was so close to I thought that the, the, the Nationals were about to walk it off for the ninth and the Mets were about to walk it off the ninth and it would have been amazing instead it took another inning for both teams but in the end it happened Amen one nothing. well not one nothing, but a one game lead going into Friday let's effing go Mets thank you for listening to another episode of Rico Bronya. we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast it's amazing isn't it Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.